Would you turn this uh, evening to two openings, Mark 7 and Matthew 15. Mark 7, Matthew 15. We'll go from one to the other. If you've been with us in these sessions, you know that we've been ministering on the subject of healing for a number of weeks now. We've been teaching on the subject of receiving and ministering healing. And uh, there is no better example of how to receive a healing or how to minister healing than the Bible and then the ministry of Jesus. So we uh, have been going through one by one the individual accounts of healing that are recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And it seems like there's more because there's multitudes of people that were healed in Jesus' ministry. But when it comes to detail given about what was wrong and how they got healed, there's only about 19 of those. How many think we ought to go through all of them? Don't stop, just stay with it. Amen. Go through all of them. Yes. Well, that's, that's the plan right now anyway, unless the Lord says something different. So we have already gone through how many? Is it nine, isn't it? We went through, let me remind you, I'll look at my own notes here. We looked at the healing of the leper. We looked at the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We looked at the healing of the paralytic, the man born by four. We looked at the healing of the nobleman's son. And we looked at the healing of the man with the withered hand. Healing of the centurion's servant. Healing of Jairus' daughter. Healing of the woman with the issue of blood. And last week, the healing of the two blind men. Now, if you're interested in, in these and you weren't here, tapes are available. And uh, you know that we've talked about, in, in the process of time, developing healing teams and, and people that minister to the sick. And not just in the church, but outside the church. So uh, if you're interested in that and got something like that on your heart... Uh, we'd like very much for you to have been in these sessions or to get the teachings if for some reason you, you missed because uh, we all want to be on the same page. And a lot of this, these things that I'm teaching you, they've come out of uh, 15 years of teaching healing school day and night. And so some things that we didn't see the first year, we learned the second and the third. You understand what I'm talking about. So uh, uh, be hooked, be focused. But if you uh, have a problem in your body, be ready for it to go away. I'm serious. We've had a bunch of healings already. Amen. Probably a lot more than we've been told, too. The Lord heals you. Let us know about it. We, we won't call your name. We won't embarrass you. Uh, we just shout about it with you. Amen. But uh, the Lord's healing people. And he's healing people not just here, but from here. Already we've had numerous instances of you, people in the, in the seat that have gone out and you got stirred up in your heart about healing and you've laid hands on people and you've prayed for people and they've been healed. That's the way it's supposed to be. Huh? Yeah, just an outbreak of healing. Amen. That's what's happening and that's going, only going to increase. Well, let's feed our faith some more tonight. Can you take some more? On the subject of healing, let's go to Mark 7, and then we'll go to Matthew 15, and let's pray before we read, and let's release our faith, and let's believe the Lord to make these words come alive to us, 
and in us. And how many believe these words are life to those that find them? And they're health and medicine to all their flesh and they'll build your faith. Well, Father, in Jesus' name, ere we read these, we thank you for your word. How precious your words are to us. We love them, we honor them, and we say they are life to us. And we say, open our eyes and our ears and our heart. Give us utterance in the Holy Ghost, full and strong and precise. Give us the exact message and anointing for right now. Give everybody ears to hear and a heart that understands. And we purpose by your grace not to be forgetful hearers or hearers only, but to be doers of these words and to love them and receive them and keep them and put them into practice. And we know as we do, you'll watch over them and bring them to pass. Get glory to yourself. Let healing fill this place and healing go from this place in every direction. And get glory to yourself for you are the great physician and you're alive and healing people today. And we honor you in this. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Mark 7. Can you tell I get excited about healing? Yeah. <laughs> I do. I, I never get tired of it, ever. Amen. I never get tired of talking about prosperity. Never get tired about people talking about people getting set free from habits and problems. Yeah. Getting saved or getting filled with the Holy Ghost. or amen. Getting back to God. I never get tired of it. Do you? No. It's always wonderful. Always exciting. Mark 7 and verse 24. We're studying tonight the healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Mark 7, 24. From thence he, talking about Jesus, arose and went into the borders of Tyre and Zidon and entered into a house and would have no man know it. But he could not be hid. For a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him and came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by nation, and she besought him that he would cast forth the devil out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, Let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. She answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And he said to her, For this saying, Go your way, the devil is gone out of your daughter. And when she was come to her house, she found the devil gone out, and her daughter laid upon the bed. Praise God. How many believe it happened just like that? Huh? There was a, not, this is not a fairy tale. This is not a simile. There's a woman that lived in this time. Amen. A daughter that had this problem. Talked to Jesus. It happened just like this. Does he still do things like this today? Well, if he's alive and he hasn't changed, then he's got to be doing the same things. Go back, hold your place there, or put your ribbon in there or something, and go back to Matthew 15. Matthew 15. In Matthew 15 and 21. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Zidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. 
My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It's not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. She said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it to you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Amen. Keep reading just a minute here. Jesus departed from there and came near to the Sea of Galilee, went up into a mountain, sat down there, and great multitudes came to him, having them that were lame and blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet and... Huh? How many people is this? How many is a multitude? Hmm? At least hundreds. Uh, by, by definition, by some, it would be thousands. Now, how many is a great multitude? Well, that'd definitely be thousands or scores of thousands. How about great multitudes? Uh? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? We're not talking about 20, 30 people here now. We're talking about thousands upon thousands of people. How many of them got healed? <clears throat> and he healed the lucky ones. Huh? And he healed a good many of them. He healed them. Them implies all that were brought. Right? Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole. Can the Lord make maimed body parts? whole again yes he can the lame to walk the blind to see and they glorified the God of Israel does healing glorify God yes it does yes it does does sickness glorify God no it does not no it doesn't in fact we're going to we're going to get into that here later on because there is a particular healing where Jesus made some statements and he talks about these things but Sin doesn't glorify God. Deliverance and righteousness glorifies God. And sickness doesn't glorify God. Healing glorifies God. Poverty doesn't glorify God. Blessing, plenty, increase glorifies God. Now if you don't believe that, it's a problem. Because you cannot be in faith for a healing if you're not convinced it's God's will for you to be healed. And without faith, it's impossible to receive. It's impossible to please God. If you're not convinced that it's God's will for you to prosper, you can't have faith to prosper. And if you can't have faith, you're, you're tying God's hands concerning you, so to speak, because there are legalities involved. You must believe it. I've had people come to me and want to take me to task about some of these things. This one fellow told me one time, he said, well, now, he said, we don't preach that at my church. He said, we, you know, I don't believe in all that. I've, I've never seen these kind of things. I said, well, isn't that interesting? <laughs> Y'all don't preach healing. He said, no, we don't believe in it. And I said, and you don't see healings in your church? He said, no. 
I said, well, we preach it. And we see it. We have it. Wonder if there's any connection. I've had people say, I don't believe in all that prosperity stuff. You won't be bothered by it. Don't, don't get upset. You won't be bothered by it. These signs follow them that mock and make fun of them. No, these signs follow them that are analytical and question and skeptic and can't figure it out. And I'll believe it when I see it. Hmm. These signs follow them that believe. I'm so glad I believe in it. That means I get to enjoy it. How about you? No, you, you preach it. And you hear it, and you believe it, and you act on it, you'll have it. Just that simple. You don't preach it, you don't hear it, you don't believe in it, you won't have it. You know, it's a sad thing. Millions of people go and pump their hard-earned money into a place to, to preach and tell them that miracles are passed away. And that they can't have anything. People, people will fight you for their right to stay sick. Did you know it? They'll fight you for their right to stay poor. But no, they glorified God. Everybody said they glorified God. When they saw these blind eyes open, these, the, these uh, uh, dumb people speaking and lame people walking and maimed people made whole, the whole area just glorified God. They glorified God. Nothing said about them glorifying God when they saw all the sick folks. But they glorified God when they saw the healings. Amen. Well, let's look at this specific healing of the Syrophoenician woman's daughter. Verse 21, have you still got Mark 7? In, in Matthew 15, 21, said Jesus went and departed into the coasts of Tyre and Zidon. And there came this woman of Canaan in Mark 7. You remember in the 24th verse, it says, From thence he arose, went into the borders of Tyre and Zidon, and entered into a house, and would have no man know it. Now, how many have seen this before, reading about Jesus, that he didn't want people to know where he was at? How many have seen him get off by himself, and get away from people, and didn't want them to know where he was at? This is something that a lot of folk don't understand about ministry you must protect the anointing. And one way you protect the anointing is by getting by yourself. You can, uh, you can socialize too much as a preacher. And it's a problem because people have grown up with uh, centuries of ideas about what the minister's supposed to be. And they think one of the minister's biggest jobs is to socialize with everybody. And you have some people get upset if you don't have a meal with them. Or if you don't sit down and have coffee with them. Or talk to them. What if you got a big church? Hmm? How many we're, we're believing for how many people right away? 2,000 people. And, uh, well, what if I had coffee with everybody? <laughs> and had a meal with everybody? How much time would that take? You multiply. I mean, most any time you're going to do anything, it's going to take at least an hour. Right? right? Well, uh, just an hour, that's 2,000 hours. <laughs> right? And of course, you know I do other things too, right? 
besides have coffee. I mean, <laughs> I hadn't told you a lot of things we've done. I've been here most every uh, Friday and Sunday and a lot of Wednesday nights, but you don't know how many states I've crossed in between those days, too. I keep that little airplane humming. Amen. Amen. We've been in all kind of meetings and preached for folk. And seen good things, but it's not just the physical time of it. How many know I ought not be a respecter of persons? And say, well, you're my buddy. I like you, but y'all, I don't want to get too close to you. You know, that's not right. Hmm? God doesn't play favorites, and we shouldn't play favorites. Right? And if you say, well, y'all do this with you just because you asked me to, well, you ought to do it with everybody. Or else, why you play favorites? But if you hadn't done this before, you, you just wouldn't know. But so many times, when I come in from a meeting or I get through a service or something, I just have this thing in my spirit. Get off by yourself and get quiet. Get, get away. Get off. Get quiet. Did Jesus do that? Hmm? How many times do you see him? It says he went to the wilderness. He went off where it was quiet and got away from everybody where he could hear from God. Because they that wait on the Lord do what? They renew their strength. What about folk that run all over town and gab all day and all night? Now, you, you want to fellowship with some people when you can, but how many understand the principle I'm talking about? You see it with Jesus all the time. If you want the anointing to be stronger, then you must get off and get quiet. Amen. Amen. And I thank God the Lord's given us a good place, a good house. I can get in there and get quiet. Amen. Amen. I can sit on my porch and be quiet. Amen. And uh, so, so please don't be offended if I don't, you know, socialize and, and do everything and, and belong to every club. Because you expect me to be anointed when I get up here. You expect me to have some revelation and have some direction. Well, when, do you, when am I going to get it? Where do I get it? When do I get it? Because you know there's a lot of other things going on too. So, uh, and, and ministers re- realize this too. So many times when you've given out and you've given out. Uh, and folks say, well let's go out and do this. Or, or let's go do that. Can you go do this with us? And can you go do that? Well especially the more people that you know and that know you. You can go non-stop night and day and wear yourself out. Trying to be nice and, and socializing. And it will cost you the anointing. It'll cost you. It'll cost you. I've, I, I learned this years ago in healing school. The Lord used to deal with me, okay, when you're getting ready to ministry, uh, stay away from people. Now, you love people, but at the same time, you don't anoint me. <laughs> right? I love Phyllis, but Phyllis can't anoint me. Right? So who do I need to get with? And I learned, even years ago, I'd just get away from everybody in the morning, and I'd go shut up in a place and get quiet, and maybe skip a meal, and just lay in the floor, and say, the Spirit of the Lord's on me, because He's anointed me. I say it sometimes 45 minutes at a time, the anointing's on me. I'm anointed. Well, see, faith comes by hearing, doesn't it? The Spirit of the Lord's on me, because He's anointed me. I'm going to it, say it for an hour at a time, just laying there in the floor. How many know if you focus on him and if you draw near to him, what's going to happen? He will draw near to you. I've had the Holy Ghost just come in the room. I'd lay there and just have a great time before the service ever started. Amen. And then when I stepped out and people lined up in front of me and they had cancers and tumors and everything else, I had boldness inside me. 
I believe that when I lay hands on them, things have got to change. Yeah. Amen? Amen? Well, if you run all over the country and do every, you know, natural thing all the time, well, you won't have it like that. You just, you won't be bold like that. Your faith won't be at the place. Your anointing won't be at the place. So you see why Jesus did that. He'd pull away, even from his own team, he'd pull away, wouldn't he? Amen. And he'd go and he'd get quiet. And he'd, there are a lot of times he'd say, I don't want anybody to know I'm here. I don't want anybody to know I'm here. Well, he's not playing rock star. Did you hear me? Why didn't he want them to know he was here? Because he wants to be alone. He wants to rest. He wants to get quiet. And then he'd go out in the mobs and mobs and mobs of people and stay all day and pray for thousands of them, right? But then when he got through, he'd go and get quiet and wait on the Father and build himself up. Now go back to Matthew 15. Matthew 15, 21. Jesus went there and departed into the coast of Tyre and Zidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now this woman came from some distance, and she found Jesus and his evangelistic crusade company. And she begins to holler at them, holler at him, and then we see later at them too. Have mercy on me, thou son of David. Well, now that we read about this and studied about this last week, this, this uh, name and this phrase, son of David. And the two blind men asked the same thing. Have mercy on us, thou son of David. And we went to other scripture in Matthew and studied and saw where that son of David refers to the Christ. Because he asked them, whose son is the Christ? And they said, the son of David. Well, what does Christ mean? The anointed one. Another way of saying that is, have mercy on us, anointed one. How many believe the anointing can break the yoke, destroy the yoke, and remove the burdens? But now here's another question. Notice Jesus' response to her. It was different. Than to those two blind men, wasn't it? I mean, initially it wasn't so different because it didn't seem like he responded to them. Remember, they just kept following him around and followed him on into the house. Well, here, what was his response to her? Hmm? Keep reading. What happened? She said, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. Hmm. Now we're talking about how to receive healing. How to minister healing. How many believe you can't be a better minister of healing than a minister just like Jesus did? So if a a minister was following the Holy Ghost today. Is it possible that he could respond to somebody like this? <laughs> Thank you for those two weak yeses. See, people don't they don't like this because because people have wrong mentalities about what the ministry is and what it's supposed to be. People think, well, when you ask the preacher to do something, bless God, he's supposed to do it. He's a servant of the people. That's what they're supposed to, you, you even hear, you even hear people talk, of, especially in rural areas, about their little preacher. Yeah, yeah we've got us a good little preacher over there now. 
What do they mean? Well, their deacon board hires and fires preachers at will. And change them every so many years whether you need to or not. Just like trading in cars. Hope you understand it doesn't work that way here. Amen. You understand that? Uh, no. <laughs> uh-uh. But you know what I'm talking about, don't you? People say, well, yeah, boy, we got a good little preacher over there now. See, they look at him as a hireling. Right? He preaches for us and he, he visits for us and, and counsels for us and prays for us. The, the respect is not there. Hmm? That's right. And friend, if the respect is not there, the ministry is choked. That's right. Amen. Hmm? Amen. Go, go with me. Uh, you're in Matthew. Go back just a few pages. Let's see to the 10th chapter. <laughs> These things grow on me while I preach them. Thing I don't want to keep you too late, but I don't want to short you either. How did Jesus respond to her initially? Not a word. word. And you know from reading, we've already read both passages, it gets worse after this, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Could this woman have gotten offended at Jesus? Hmm? Could she have? Forget that it's Jesus for a minute. She didn't know who he was. Most of the people of the day didn't know who he was. They thought he was a prophet anointed. But very few had any inkling that he was the son of God. They just saw him as a preacher, as a minister, or as a prophet. Well, what if a preacher today did that? Hmm? Somebody comes yelling, Pastor, Pastor, uh, my, my, my baby's sick. Could you come minister to my baby? And he just keeps walking. Ignores her. Wonder what kind of response most people would respond with. Hmm? Offense. Right? Anger. Hurt. Right? Well, what's, what's wrong? I asked him for help. He wouldn't even stop and talk to me. I thought this was a church. I thought you were a preacher. I thought you were supposed to be a man of God. You ain't got time to talk to me? Could she have said that something like that to Jesus? Hmm? I mean, put it today. She didn't know he was the son of God. But did he do wrong? Now, if that was me, I wonder what you'd say. <laughs> Did he do wrong? No. no, he didn't do wrong. Is he following the Holy Ghost? Yes. Yeah. Well, wonder why the Holy Ghost would lead him to ignore this dear woman. Well, whether you understand why or not, you should respect the Holy Ghost Amen. and trust the Holy Ghost. Yes. I'm going to give you a little clue before we get to the punchlines here. <laughs> This woman, on her initial approach to Jesus, is not in position to receive. There has to be adjustments made 
in her heart and mind and life in order for her to receive. If she's willing to make them, it's possible for her to receive. If she's unwilling to make them, she won't receive. It's not just all about the will of God. It's about people receiving. How many understand God does not change? His power never never wanes, never fluctuates, never fails. How many believe it's God's will for everybody to be saved every day? Every, any time of the day, morning, noon, or night, it's God's will to save people. And is His power there to save them? Yeah. So what's the variable? People receiving. Whether they will, whether they won't. Well, the same thing's true about healing. It's God's will to heal any minute, any day, any hour, anybody. But not everybody's ready to receive. You understand? Now, are you there in Matthew 10? We talked about respect for the ministry. And it seems like people get in the ditch on one side or the other of this. <laughs> it seems like people either, either do what I said. They either, you know, well, that preacher's no better than me. I mean, I hear from God too. I have the Holy Ghost too. And you're supposed to be a servant of the people. You're supposed to be there for me when I need something and when I want something. You're supposed to do what I ask you to do. I, that's what I pay tithes for, is for you to do what I want you to do. People don't say it, but that's, what, that's how they feel. People either in that, in that ditch where they have no respect for their ministers, or they jump out of that ditch and go across the road all the way across and run in the ditch on the other side. And there's some denominations that have the, uh, the ministry up on pedestals so high that the common man can't even understand the Bible for himself. You have to come to me. I tell you what the Bible means. I tell you if you're forgiven or not. You have to come. Well, whew. Now, friend, the Bible says there is one God. And one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. How many mediators between God and, and men? One. How many? One. How many? One. Not two. One. one Who do you have to go through to get to God? Jesus. One. Just one. Right? But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to disrespect the gifts he's given to the body. He gave gifts to men. Amen. Amen. Apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And these, to disrespect them is to disrespect him. He takes it personally. Now, the reason I say this is because it affects receiving so much. In Matthew 10, are you there? Matthew 10, verse 40. I want you to see how big the Lord is on delegation. He's about to leave. And he's sending his disciples to carry on his work. And he said in verse 40 of Matthew 10, He that receives you, receives me. Does he take it personally? Yeah. And he that receives me, receives him that sent me. Now you know how serious it is that people that don't receive Jesus. John said if you don't have the Son, you don't have the Father either. Right. Didn't he? Amen. Can you reject Jesus? And have the Father anyway? Mm -mm. I know people are trying to do it, but you, you can't do it. According to the Bible. Well, it's also important that you receive the one he sends. 
Verse 41, notice this. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive what? A prophet's reward. And he that receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I know I had the privilege and honor, great honor, of working with Dr. Kenneth Hagin for 20-some years. And went to a lot of places with him and, and involved in a lot of meetings with him. And there's no doubt in my mind that Brother Hagin stands in the forefront of the prophet's ministry in the body of Christ today. And if you, if you don't agree with that, well, you're just wrong. <laughs> I know. Virtually live with the man for, for years and years and years. And, and uh, you understand none of the ministry gifts that God has given to the church have been done away with. Anything that they had in the book of Acts, we've got now. Now, You may not call it that, but we have it. People call it by different names. For for one thing, missionaries. You don't find that word in, in the New Testament. But somebody who is sent of God to a place and starts a work from scratch, that's the ministry of an apostle. We call them missionaries. Now you do understand too that some are sent... And some just went. Huh? Not everybody that went are apostles. But people whom God chose and raised up and sent. They are his sent ones. And they do foundational works. That's the ministry of an apostle. Well, we still have every, you know, ministries of prophets and pastors and evangelists and teachers. Everything that they had, we still have. But the reason I'm saying that is because Brother Hagin operated in and operates in that ministry of a prophet. But we'd go to different places all over the country. And people that saw him as a teacher only, they received a prophet in the name of a teacher. Well, you know what they got? A teacher's reward, which is good. But there's more. Did you hear me? Does it make any difference how ministries are received? Huge. uh, Depending on how much you receive. Did it make any difference with Jesus' ministry? You remember he went into his own hometown and they did not receive him as the anointed one. Did they? He stood up and he read out of the book of the prophet Isaiah. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me. And they started saying, well, now who does he think he is? We know him. My brother works with his sister over to the get and go. My mama used to change his diapers. We know who, who he is. How many understand? Everybody comes from somewhere. Huh? Who's God going to use? You're not going to find somebody that, that didn't have a childhood. <laughs> huh? Amen. You, you're not going to find anybody that's not human. God uses us. But they didn't receive him. Did it affect his ministry? Because they didn't receive him. Said he could there. Didn't say he decided not to. Said he could there do no mighty works. Hmm? How many believe the Bible now? If it affected the Lord Jesus' ministry with this kind of force and impact, certainly it's going to affect all the ministries that are in the earth today. But then we'd go to other places. 
and the uh, the pastors, some of them graduates of uh, of Rama, and some of them had worked with Brother Hagen and and knew his ministry in more detail. And they'd teach their people sometimes two weeks before he got there about the prophet's ministry. And respect would be there and honor, and we'd be there first night operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Just step right into that higher place. And people say, well, isn't that something God just decided to move tonight? Well, <laughs> it's a lot more up to the people. Amen. How they see things and how they hear things. And I just said all that to say this. What about people who say, well, tell that little preacher to come see me. Why, why is he not already here? Does that affect how they receive from this man or woman? Yes. Certainly it does. Certainly. I've been in places, I've been in churches before where I ministered for a whole week and never could get out what I had in my heart. Somebody said, why didn't you just say it? You're not supposed to cast your pearls before swine. What does that mean? You're not supposed to give precious things to people who don't appreciate them. We're told not to. I was there for a whole week, never could get to it. Why? Lack of respect. Lack of respect for the ministry. Lack of respect for the things of God. I've been other places though. I said I've been other places. Where I, I, I remember one time I just sat, I wasn't even in a service. I just sat down with some people and you could just feel the, the respect. And it was not just respect for me, it's respect for God. See this is where people get mixed up in these things, don't they? And, and, and I'd start to say something and they'd just shut up. You care what they said, they just shut up and listen. And you could tell, man, they're, they're prime. They're expecting me to say something substantial. Amen. And you know what happened? Revelation started to come up in my heart. I sit there and talk for two hours and said things I didn't even know. I'm learning while I'm talking. Talking about revelation. Does it make any difference how people see? See, you receive a prophet, how? In the name of a prophet, you get the prophet's reward. Now, now, what's that got to do with this? This woman is a Syrophoenician. Turn back to the, the 15th chapter there. She's not a Jew. She's not a Jewish proselyte. By today's standard, we'd say she's not a Christian. She didn't grow up in Christianity. Of course, they didn't have Christianity yet. This is when the Christ is walking the earth. But you understand the comparison. She's not a Jewish convert. She's not, she doesn't know the law. Here's what would help you to understand why the Lord didn't respond to her. This, this phrase, a son of David, probably means nothing to her. She probably heard somebody else. Like these two blind men we, we read about. Use this phrase and get good results. So she's trying to do the formula. Hmm? How many know it doesn't work to use things that are not real to you? Try to say what somebody else said. Try to pray it like they prayed it and try to do it like they did it. This woman's a Syrophoenician. Now, I don't encourage you to do so, but I, I did. I looked up some of the history some years ago on these folks. They're mentioned in the Old Testament. I mean, there's a lot of history on the Phoenicians and Syrophoenicians. You talk about ungodly. Whew. You remember Baal worship and Ashtoreth worship? I mean, that's theirs. You talk about some of the most ungodly, bizarre. They could teach sinners today new tricks. 
That's how evil and bad they were. That's her lifestyle. That's how she grew up. That's what she came out of. I mean, they commit fornication and homosexuality and and infant sacrifice for church. That's what they do. And it gets worse than that. I won't even tell you everything they did. But here she's using a phrase that means nothing. Son of David. What does she know about son of David? She's not a Jew. She don't know the law. She don't know the history of, of God's people. And Jesus just keeps on walking. The book of Job. T- turn there and look, why don't you, to the book of Job real quickly. 35 and verse 12. We're endeavoring to give you some insight into why Jesus just seemingly ignored this woman and kept walking. Job 35, 12. So there they cry, but none gives answer because of what? Pride. Huh? Pride. No answer because of what? Pride of evil men, surely God will not hear vanity, neither will the Almighty regard it. Isn't that an appropriate verse for what we're talking about? No. God does what with the proud? Resists them. And according to this, doesn't hear. He won't hear. I don't care how many scriptures you quote or how, how your diction is with Elizabethan English and how many durst thou and wouldest thou. And <laughs> God sees through all that. He sees right into your heart. Amen. He knows if you're serious or if you're not. He knows if you mean it or if you're playing games. He knows if it's real to you or you're saying something you heard somebody else say. And if you're playing games and being religious and saying something that somebody else said, other people might be impressed, but God won't even hear it. He won't even hear it. He doesn't regard vanity. He doesn't answer pride. He resists pride. And so it very well could be that this woman coming up in this ungodly lifestyle doesn't intend to get to God. She just has heard that people got healed in this man's ministry. She heard the phrases they used. Thought, we'll come here, see if we can use that phrase, get the girl healed, and just go back to our Syrophoenician ungodliness. Jesus just keeps walking like she didn't say a thing. If you walk in enough revelation, you'll know. There's been many times in my life in ministry where people come and they want to, oh, they're saying some lovely things outside, but the Holy Ghost just, just showed me a picture right inside, and you see the junk that's there. They're playing games, trying to find fault, wanting to find influence some way or another, wanting control some way or another. And the man or woman that that, that knows something in God, they might just walk away. And that would be appropriate. Did you hear me? So I said, why don't you just tell them? Most times folk wouldn't receive it. And if people won't listen to God, they ain't going to listen to you. Don't be offended about it. But we're covering some ground tonight, aren't we? I didn't call any names, right? (laughs) Somebody said, well, you looked right at me. Well, I got to look at somebody when I look up. (laughs) I had a fellow one time, he came out of this several years ago. He came after the service and he looked at me. He said, preacher, you got something to say to me. Won't you just say it? (laughs) I said, and you are? 
He said, you don't know? I said, I don't think I've ever met you. Well, he said, I saw you looking at me, telling me all that stuff. And, and how'd you know all that stuff? <laughs> I'm not making this up. Hey, he act like he was ready to take me outside or something. I said, he said, so you got something to say to me? Would you just say it to me? I said, well, until you come up here and open your mouth, I didn't know it was you. <laughs> He said, you didn't? I said, no. I said, so if you'll quit talking, I won't know anymore. <laughs> well, if we believe the Holy Ghost is in this place, Amen. then we believe whether it's me or whoever our preachers and speakers are, that he gives utterance and he, he deals not just with irrelevant things, but things that are going on with us. Yeah. And if it gets too close to home and you get uncomfortable... <laughs> Just look straight ahead and smile and go, Amen, Brother Keith. Somebody needs to hear that. Tell it again. Don't let on. And then after service, you can go home, fall across the bed and go, Oh, God, that was me. Oh, God. But who else has to know? (laughs) What were we talking about before we got into all that? Jesus seemingly ignored her. A lot of people at that point would have got offended, wouldn't they? I came here for help. You ignore me? But if your heart's not right, then you're not in position to receive. You know why this woman is in here, though? Now, let's just stop right here. Her daughter had a devil. Which also caused physical problems. We know that because the Bible says she was delivered and she was healed. That's why it's included in the healing accounts. Well, the devil does cause problems. Notice it says that her daughter was grievously vexed. Everybody say vexed. See, there are no devils that make people peaceful. You understand? Vexation. Anxiety. Fear. Frustration. Vexed. Now when you start talking about spirits, it is amazing how messed up people get. They go off on all these tangents. Next thing you know, you got devil chasers. And they see four devils in everybody they know, and devils in cars, and devils in the bushes, and and everywhere, everywhere you look, there's a devil. And we'll say, well, there are spirits around. Yeah, there are. There are also angels around. Oh, the devil's around. Yeah, but the Holy Ghost is here. Amen. Well, the devil, the devil. Yeah, but God. If God is here and we focus on him, we give the devil no place. Yeah, there are spirits that try to influence people and try to cause problems. But don't get hung up about spirits and don't get mystical about it. And by all means, don't get afraid. Because fear is what these things feed on. It's what gives them any place. Let me go over real slow, because it won't take long. The mode of operation that Jesus went into every time in dealing with spirits. He would say, shut up. And come out of them. And they would go away. Let me go over that real slow now. You think there's some spirits trying to mess around with you? What do you do? 
You don't draw stuff on the floor and put candles in the windows and chant for three hours and read books about demons and ask questions and try to find out and talk to strong spirits for four hours. That is just opening your doors and inviting them into your house. Anything that's something of a wrong spirit, you bind it up and you shut it down. You have authority to do it in Jesus' name. Shut up, come out. Stop, get out of here. And expect it to be that way. Amen? We have authority. Did you hear me? Now, we have authority over these. I've had people come to me, Christians, bless their hearts, crying and going, Oh, Brother Keith, I think some witches live in my building. Oh, dear God, I hear all this awful stuff all night, and, and I think they killed a rooster up there last night. And, and, they, and when I see them in the hall, hall they eyeball me, and, they, and then I, I think they put a curse on me, Brother Keith. I, I've been feeling funny. My throat's hurting, and, and, and my kidneys, I don't know what's wrong. That's a good way to die. Somebody said, well, people put curses on folk, and they die. Yeah, I know, people who are afraid of them. Amen. Hmm? That's the only way it can have any effect on a child of God is that you have more faith in the devil to hurt you than in God to protect you. That's the only way these things could get in. Somebody told that to Brother Hagin one time years ago. They came and said, oh, Brother Hagin, you said something about that woman. Don't you know? She says she's a prophetess. And she'll put a curse on you. What kind of prophetess is that? She put a curse. She put a curse on these other guys, and they died. You better, you better quit saying that. You might want to apologize to her. He said, "I double dog dare her to curse me." Apparently, he wasn't afraid of it. Bible says, "A curse causeless shall not come; it'll return to the place it came from." Somebody try to curse you. If you won't fear it, you say, hey, you better make it your size. Because it's going to boomerang right back on your head. How can you curse whom God has blessed? The greater one is in us. We have no fear of the devil. No fear of witches. They should be afraid of us. Did you hear me? Ooh, ooh, don't you know there's witches around here? Well, there's demons around here. But if you walk with God and keep your focus on God, it'll be like they're behind a plate glass. They want to say something, they want to do something, but they can't get in. It's like they're not even there. But back to this. This woman's daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Now here's a question. How come her to have a devil? People say, oh, Brother Keith, Brother Keith, could you check my, my daughter? I think she's got a spirit. Well, if she does, how'd she get one? Hmm? Do people think, well, I don't know. They just, uh, you know, they just walking down the street one day and, oops, stepped in a devil. I, oh, I got a devil. <laughs> just... Riding down the road and the devil jumped on me. No, I'm sorry it don't work that way. How did her daughter get a spirit? Here's my question. What's been going on in that house? 
What kind of lifestyle is going on there? And, and to, go, to, to understand the history, these Syrophoenicians did everything. So it ain't no wonder that her, her daughter's got a spirit. How many understand that your house is supposed to be sanctified to God? And you ought not just let anything play in there, show in there, not just any kind of book on your coffee table, right? I mean, why? Because you don't want to subject your kids and your visitors to wrong stuff. You, you keep it holy. You keep it pure and clean. Amen? You live like that, you're never going to have a devil. Your kids are not going to have devils. Hmm? People going to wrong places. Watching wrong stuff, fellowshipping with wrong stuff, open up their minds to it, open up their hearts to it. That's, right. That's how people get messed up. Amen. But even if they do, there's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be set free just like Thank that. You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I mean, how many verses later for this daughter's free? Not many. Is that right? right. She's just as free as can be. Amen. She wasn't even a Jewish proselyte. Anyway. Verse 23, he answered her not a word. And the disciples came and besought him. They said, send her away, for she's crying after us. Now that'd be just like me. You come to talk to me, and I didn't even look at you and answer you. I didn't even turn around and say hi. I just walked off like you wasn't even there. What would a lot of people have done? They said, I don't have to take that. Nobody treats me that way. And maybe give me a piece of their mind. I thought you was a preacher. What kind of place is this? And told me just exactly what she thought. And, and she could have told him exactly what she thought and left without. Hmm? Why is she in here? She didn't leave. She didn't leave. What'd she do? She humbled. Have we seen this before in these healings? Humility. What a big key humility is. Humbled herself. And asked his staff, well, maybe one of them would talk to me. Peter, Peter, Mr. Peter, my, my, my baby's in a bad way. Could you help us? Uh, Thomas, my baby's in a bad way. Matthew, please, y'all help me. Please, please, y'all help me. And what'd they say? Now, you gonna get mad at Jesus and his bunch? I don't think so. They said, would you send her away? She's bothering us. She keeps on hollering. And, and Karen, would you please send her away? Now, that would have eliminated a lot of other people, wouldn't it? If they'd have made it past the first one, they said, send her away? Well, excuse me. Oh, I'm bothering you. Well, I'm so sorry. I thought this was a church where somebody could come and get help. But I see, I was, excuse me. And got mad and told him off and left. Without. Everybody say without. Without. Friends, are you, are you getting this now? Oh, what a big key this is. Humility. Why? Because humility will make adjustments. You might want to write this down. I know it's a few minutes past, but can you bear with me? I mean, what's more important? The Word's important. Understanding the Word. Faith. How to minister. And you don't know. You might be feeling just wonderful right now. But you don't know. It may be tomorrow or next week that a good friend of yours uh, needs healing. Hmm? You need to understand how to minister to them. Pride 
makes excuses. Humility makes adjustments. Did you get that? I'm going to tell you again. Pride makes excuses. You try to correct somebody and they're just full of pride, they, they won't receive it. They'll go, well, yeah, yeah, but you don't understand. So-and-so didn't help me and, and I tried to do this and, and, and they wouldn't work with me and, and I didn't know and, and I had to do this and, and, and I couldn't do this. When's the last time you were late? And somebody said, well, uh, well, we, well, we've been waiting on you. And you said, uh, I repent. I'm sorry, there's no excuse for me being late. I repent. Would you forgive me? People don't say that, do they? What do they say? <laughs> yeah, well, I had, you know, this came up and, and I had it. Excuses, which shows pride. You watch people all the time. They have a perfectly good, uh, they mess up a perfectly good apology with an excuse. They're like, I'm sorry, Rick, I I wish I hadn't done that. I'm sorry. You know, would you forgive me? But you know, it was because I I, I had to do this and and I couldn't do, well, you see what I'm saying? Mess up a good apology with an excuse. Humility will say, I missed it, I'm sorry, period. Period, right there. I shouldn't have done it. Uh, I should have been there. I should have been ready. I, should, I shouldn't have done what I did or, or failed to do what I should have done. I'm sorry, forgive me, period. Bite your lip. Why'd you do that? Missed it. Why, why didn't you do this? I was being carnal and doing some dumb stuff I shouldn't have been doing. Hmm? Wasn't ready. I'm sorry. Takes humility, doesn't it? Takes humility to do that. But friend, here's the thing. The humble get grace. Whoo, man, whatever you need is in the grace of God. But if you don't know how to handle this situation, the grace of God will enlighten you and equip you. And enable you. But you want to make excuses? You won't get it? He resists the proud. This woman could have made excuses. She could have, you know, got upset. But she didn't. And even after they're saying, she, you know, she probably overheard this. Send that woman away. She's irritating us. She's bothering us. She came then and did what? Jesus said, verse 24, I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now that's another way of saying I'm not sent to you. Because she wasn't of Israel. This is another way of saying I'm not ministering to your kind. I don't minister to your folks. I'm just sent to the, the people of Israel. A lot of folk, what would they have done there? Now this, She's already overcome two hurdles. Now three, this would have been this is a race issue here, a national issue. Oh, <laughs> you don't minister to Syrophoenicians. Ah, oh, I see. Well, let me tell you one thing, preacher. We Syrophoenicians, just as good as you Jews, bless God. 
Who do you think you are not sent to us? Who are we? Well, he's about to tell her. (laughs) What do you think we are? But instead of going off on this race and and national issue and and getting their feelings hurt and, and getting their national pride hurt, what you do? Goes on down, goes on down another notch and, and falls at his feet. Is that right? And worships him. You see why the woman's in the book? Humbled herself, making the adjustments, making the changes. She wasn't where she should be to receive when she first came, but she won't quit. How many know faith is persistent? It, it just won't quit. And the humility is there with it to keep making the adjustments. Show me, I, Lord, I'll change. Show me what to do. I'll change. Hmm? And so Jesus is looking at her. She's down at his feet. Asking him, worshiping him, saying, help me. Now, if there was any pretension and falseness to begin with, I think it's gone now, don't you? I think this is right out of the heart. Worshiping, help me, please help me, Lord, help me. He's standing up there. He looks at her. He says, now, you know, it ain't right to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. Is Jesus being led by the Holy Ghost? Hmm? Is he being mean? No, he's not being mean. Does he love this? Does he care about this woman? Yeah. But you've got to understand, the Lord's not going to adapt to you. He's not going to do it your way. And the real man or woman of God is going to be the same way. Because they represent him. They're not just going to adapt to you and do it your way. I actually had the Lord talk to me. He was real strong with me. We, we, were, we weren't in this church the first week. The first week we were in this church. I wrote it down in big red letters in my notes. He said this to me one night. He said, Keith, if you're always giving in to everybody in this church, who's running this church? I said, well, it wouldn't be me. He said, that's right. He said, if I'd have wanted somebody else here to lead, I'd have put them in. I know how. I wasn't expecting that. I found out why a little bit later on. Because a lot of folk had some ideas about how they thought I ought to do some things. And I had to say, no, no, I'm sorry, no, 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 I'm sorry, no, no. Some of them said, well, surely you go. I said, no, I'm sorry, no, no. Some of them left, some of them stayed. But I'm going to have to stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day. Is that right? And give an account for how I led this thing. And it won't, it won't hold water for me to stand up there and go, well, yeah, but now, Lord, you know those people, they'd have got so upset, and, and they would have left if I hadn't let them do what they wanted. He, he won't even hear that. Amen. He won't even hear it. And you'll find people that really love God, they want to find out what to do. And they're willing to make changes. Well, if we're wrong, show us we're wrong. Right? Hmm? That's the way I am. Best I know how. How about you? If I'm wrong, I want to know it. Show me. Show me. Let's see it. Let's make the changes. Now, a lot of folk, if they'd have made these first three hurdles, put yourself there now. You're crying. You're on the ground. You're at this preacher's feet. Please help me. Please. Worshiping. 
and you hear, ain't right. Take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. A lot of folk, that would have been it. That would have been the last straw, buddy. They'd have come up off that floor saying, dogs? Dogs? Who you calling a dog, preacher? Dogs? Dogs. What'd she do, though? Did she get mad? I mean, some, they could have told him off and told him just what they thought about him and left without. But what'd she do? Huh? She's laying down there. What'd she say? You're right. Lord, you're right. What does that mean? We saw our Phoenicians live like dogs, and they did. They did. Friend, have you understood about the Lord? If you get real serious about Him and there's something going on in your life that you got to have an answer for, that you go and get in the floor and pray. Go, Lord, show me. What's the deal? What's wrong with this thing? So many times He'll tell you, well, you wouldn't be so fleshy. You wouldn't yield to the flesh so much and you didn't walk in love and, and you did this and you hadn't sown in this area. You hadn't done what I told you to do ten years ago. If he says, dog, what do you say? Bow wow. <laughs> huh? <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but what else you going to say? If he says, Keith, you ain't been believing me. Well, yeah, hell, you going to argue with him? You think he's wrong? You think he's mistaken? What should you do? It, this makes the difference whether you receive or whether you don't. It's not right to throw it to the dogs. She said, truth, Lord, truth. But you know, the little dogs get crumbs. How come her to think of that? How in the world would she? Because Mark said, Jesus said, for this saying, for what you just said, devil's gone out of your daughter. For this saying. Where'd she get that saying? Holy Ghost gave it to her. Is that right? Why? Because she had faith. She had humility. And she had faith that wouldn't quit. Hmm? That came up in her heart while she's laying down there. She's willing. You say we're dogs. Okay. All right. And then this came up. But, but, but puppies get crumbs. Don't they? I believe a big smile came across the Lord's face. Because she is in position to receive. She has made the changes necessary. She has made the adjustments. He looked at her. He said, woman, you got great faith, gal. This is not a Jewish proselyte. This is a Syrophoenician. You talk about a wild living woman. But how many know you can change? You can humble your heart. You can repent. You can come to God. You can get serious with God. You can change so much in one afternoon that your life is forever on a different course. He said, woman, great is your faith. Be it to you, even as you will. How many believe there was power that flew out of that place and went and found that little daughter? Huh? 
How many believe Holy Ghost power swept into that one where they had been all this wild devilish stuff? The Holy Ghost came in there and devils flew out the windows. They couldn't get out of there fast enough. And this little old gal kicks and goes, wow, glory to God. And peace filled up that room. And healing came into her body. And the damage that had been done was restored. Oh, hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? Great is your faith. Be it to you even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Happened right then when those words came out of Jesus' mouth. Be it just like you want it. Be it as you will. Why? Because her faith and her humility had got her to that place. Well, friend, you and I that are born again are not in the same place of this woman being outside the covenant. We are in the covenant. Now, you've got to be willing to make adjustments just like her if you've made mistakes and if you should make adjustments. But at the same time, healing is the children's bread. You're one of the children. You're not outside the covenant. You are a child of God. You are a child of the kingdom. Did Jesus call healing the children's bread? Didn't even call it the children's dessert. Bread's a staple. It's what you ought to have. Should all the children have bread? Then all the children should be healed. And listen to this, friend. This woman had enough realization by the Holy Ghost to say, you know, uh, you're right, you're right. We outside the covenant. We live like dogs. But puppies get crumbs. That's all I need. <laughs> Just give me some of the, give me some of that healing bread crumbs. Amen. Give me a little pinch off the corner there. How much healing power does it take? Crumbs, healing crumbs, got this woman's daughter delivered from a spirit and healed. Amen. Wonder what a slice would do for you. Wonder what half a loaf would do for you. It's ours. Healing is the children's bread. Belongs to us. Can you say amen? Lift your hands. Begin to praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, begin to praise Him and thank Him. Because healing is the children's bread. Oh, praise you, praise you, praise you, praise you. Healing is my bread. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Let me lead you in a prayer. And then let's act on this word. Jesus, did, he didn't lay hands on this girl. He didn't anoint her with oil. He didn't uh, pray for her. He just spoke the word concerning the children's bread. And her mom received for her. Parents can receive for small children, young children, just like you receive for yourself. Close your eyes, say it out loud, Father God, you are my God, Jesus is my Lord, the Holy Spirit is my teacher, my guide, my helper, I submit myself before you. I humble myself before you 
and ask you for your grace in any areas I should change in any way I have to adjust to be able to receive reveal it to me please show me please even if you've shown me before and I didn't receive it forgive me show me again please And I'll humble myself before you. I will acknowledge. You are right. If I've disagreed with you. If I hadn't listened to you. I'm wrong. You're right. I'm wrong. You're always right. If I disagree with you. I would always be wrong. In disagreeing with you. I humble myself. Before you. Show me what you would. Teach me what you would. By your grace, I'll receive it. I'll change. I'll make adjustments. In Jesus' name. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.